Hello and welcome to the first episode of Warriors Talk Sports. We're going to start off with the highlight of the winter season, the basketball team. All right, Jason, Liam, the boys basketball team is coming off a district championship run. Uh, they fell short last year, first time being there in several years. What's your other thoughts on this coming up season? Yeah, they were really fun to watch last year, and um, I've heard this year they have a lot more height than they normally have. So that, that's going to be really fun to watch. Um, we have Wesley who's a new transfer. He's a big addition, and he's going to be really nice with that height factor. So we'll, we'll watch where they go and have fun doing that. Yeah, Jake's the only returning starter this year, and he averaged uh, nine points per game, five rebounds, and one assist. And he shot very well from the field with uh, 57%. So I feel like he's going to have a big impact on the team. Also, four out of the five starters can dunk. So, Jason, as you said, we do have that height this year. Uh, yeah, and a big factor on this year's team is the three-point percentage. I mean, Jacob Rehor with a 47% last year and Colin Mini with a 50% last year, both school records. Um, they're going to be deadly from outside. And not only can they shoot from outside, they can drive in and dunk on you. So, I mean, this is going to be a very exciting team to watch this year. That is going to be very exciting because we always know that Fairview can shoot, and that's kind of like what they're known for. But this year they're adding that other element of that height, which is, I think, going to be a big factor in uh, how well they do this year. And I think that they're looking at making another run. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they make it past districts uh, with their shooting. I mean, that it's ridiculous. Like you said, they've been known for that. Uh, I, you always feel like they're never down by too much. Like, they can always get right back in the game with these threes that they can yeah, shoot. I agree with that. They're always right right in the game at any time because they can just shoot, mm -hmm. shoot the lights out. And uh, J.R. Beto, sophomore. He, he, he played varsity last year. Very athletic kid. Him and Nolan Davis can both dunk. Nolan Davis windmilling as a sophomore. I mean, that class is freaky athletic. They are. I mean... Their, their football class and their basketball class, I mean, they're just crazy. Yeah. I was I was really sad to see a lot of those kids not play football because of their athleticism. It's just – it's crazy watching them play, and I think they're going to do a great job this year. And like you guys were saying with, like, the comeback factor, it's very real, and that's another reason that this, like, this uh, student section and the fans get so hyped every game is because you know that they're, they're never out of it. So it's really, really fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, like, every game you go to, it seems like the whole city is there. Everyone's behind this team. And I think uh, last year, them making it to districts, people got involved again who maybe we haven't seen since, you know, pre-COVID with Luke House and them. So it'll be an exciting year this year. And, I mean, yes, yeah, speaking of Luke House, there has been talks about how Barry has been handed everything in his career, like how he's always been handed the talent. He hasn't had to, had to really work for anything. This year he really really has, has to work for it. Cause, I mean, he's got one returning starter in Jacob Rehor, Colin Meany, who, who was on the bench last year, and J.R. Beto. But then he's got a sophomore, Nolan Davis, and a transfer in six foot four Wesley. So he's got to really put it all together for this to really work out this year. He is going to have to work for it, but honestly I think he's been working for it this entire time because – like last year, all those kids, they, they weren't like the tallest kids. They weren't the most physically gifted kids, but he coached them up ever since they were young, and look where he got them. So. Yeah, I feel like he has that confidence, you know, already, knowing he can win those playoff games and knowing he can coach, but now he just has to, uh, you know, kind of develop players more than he has had to in the past. So I think it'll be an interesting year to see what, how Barry does, and I, I really think they could – make it really far this year. I mean, yeah, he might get a little frustrated sometimes this year with mm -hmm. the inexperience from the varsity team because, I mean, Definitely. he's got two, he's got three seniors. So it's going to be a fun season. That's, that's to say the least. I mean, it's going to be a movie. 
and uh that that kind of seems to be like a a common point running around like all these different sports teams in fairview is that we don't really have that many upperclassmen on any team and Although that is a problem, like this year, I, I think it's looking really good for the future because with all these sophomores and underclassmen that you have playing varsity right now, that's just m more leaders that you're going to have in the future. And I think it's really, really exciting for the future of the school and uh, the athletic programs. Yeah, like you said, I mean, the football team, they were 1-9, and nine, but Burke Lowry, freshman, he looked great starting at quarterback. And they have a, a bunch of young wide receivers in a uh, I mean, they Xavier. got Savion, Har Savion Harris, freshman, very good, and talented. Why mm -hmm. are on the outside? Yeah. They have Woody. They've and they've got all the sophomores that started this year too. And Juju, Danny, Ernie, Clay, Brady Weir, Patrick Canfield. I mean, there's there's a good future in Fairview. Lots sports. of experience gained. Speaking of football, Ohio State this past weekend. I mean, those bad conditions. They played really poor for a n number two ranked team in the country. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that might affect uh, the college playoffs because you think undefeated when you think college playoffs, but, I mean, that's not really what they're supposed to look at, the four teams with the best record. They're supposed to look at the four best teams in the in college football. So I think that might affect them a lot. Yeah, so I've been hearing a lot of talk about how Ohio State can't play in bad conditions and how their O-line isn't. Uh, mentally strong enough to go out there and just have a great run game and I've heard a lot of OSU fans that are constantly checking the weather app and uh, looking at the date that they play Michigan to make sure that the weather's okay because honestly a lot of people are scared that if the weather's not great and Ohio State is forced to run the ball they're not going to do so hot because we all know their air attack is good but that run game man that's yeah, that, that, that run game is still yet to get going so far this season I mean they have the weapons at running back they have that talent but they're just still yet to put together and get physical up front and get the job done. Yeah, I mean, Henderson, he's been decent all year. He hasn't been playing terrible, but I feel like last game he just not did play. He did not play well at all. And but in games like that, with weather conditions like that, you really need your running back to step up because you know the ball is going to be slippery and you don't want to throw it too much. And I mean, speaking of that air attack, Jason C.J. Stroud, Heisman front runner. Six foot three, two fifteen, like a traditional quarterback. I mean, sixty-seven percent completion, two thousand five hundred yards, twenty-nine touchdowns. I, I mean, what else can you ask for out of a quarterback? Not much, but I know that there's a guy that you really like at Heisman oh, yeah. for for a Heisman front runner from a school that's not very well known for their football program. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? Uh, Drake May. University of North Carolina. He is a sleeper. I'm telling you guys. 71% completion, six foot five, 220 pounds. 71% completion, 3,000 yards, 31 touchdowns, 181 passer rating. And not only can he throw the ball, he can run it. 600 rushing yards, five yards per carry, and four touchdowns. I mean, just look at the numbers side by side C compared to him. His stats versus Notre Dame versus C.J. Stroud's stats for Notre versus Notre Dame. I mean, he just outperformed. I mean, he's just – I think, in my opinion, he should be in the talk for Heisman, top two, him and C.J. Stroud. Yeah, definitely looking at the stats, we uh, we should be considering him to be a Heisman front runner. But, honestly, it's a little bit of that brand biasy and looking at, like, these blue blood uh, programs in college football, and he's not a part of one of them. And uh, the Heisman committee really takes that into account when they're – when they're thinking about like who who are those front runners? Yeah, 
I mean, looking at those stats, I've never really heard of him or heard anything about him being a Heisman frontrunner, but those stats are ridiculous. You know, talking about the Notre Dame game, one thing you do have to take into play is when they played him, C.J. Stroud was still trying to get into his rhythm early in the season, and he's really started to hit his stride. But, I mean, looking at these stats, 71% completion, 31 touchdowns and three interceptions. I mean, that's a great, great uh, ratio there. So, I don't know. this. I'd definitely start talking about this guy. Hey, so um, just going off your point, Liam, uh, do you not think that Notre Dame has gotten better throughout the season since when OSU played them? Because I feel like that Notre Dame game, that was like that was their lowest point of the season right there when they played Ohio State. I mean, I'd, I'd disagree with that. I'd say when they faced Marshall would be their lowest point of the season when they lost to Marshall at home. But uh, I, I'm a Notre Dame fan, and they played uh, much better than I expected them to against Ohio State. They were pretty much in it until, like, end of the third, beginning of fourth quarter. Uh, and I thought it was a great game until, yeah, pretty much end of the fourth quarter. And uh, speaking of Notre Dame, Notre Dame versus Clemson. I mean, how about that? 35-14 to 14 blowout, that, Notre Dame. That was a great game, and I think it exposed Clemson for the frauds that they were. I don't think they ever should have been put at the top of the college football polls. I mean, yeah, when you have a quarterback in DJ Uvalai or whatever his name is, he just can't get the job done. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't think that he has what it takes to be a college football playoff quarterback. Yeah, and I say with Clemson losing that game, they're completely out of the playoffs. So, I mean, that's another team that just dropped out. So right now, I'd say, I I would I w- would you guys agree that Ohio State is still top four and they're in the playoffs? Ohio sure. State's top two. Top I mean, two. they're still a top two team. They played in horrible conditions, twenty mile per hour wind. They're still a top two team. I don't know. I mean, for me. They are a top four team, but I'm not quite sure if they're national contender worthy because they just don't seem like they can get that run game going when they have to rely on it. Yeah, I mean Georgia's number one, obviously. I mean killing a uh, Tennessee score. I don't feel like the score showed how much of a blot it was. I mean Tennessee was averaging. Uh, I mean, yeah, Tennessee put up six points in the first half. It was bad. Georgia's defense is just it's just looking unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, Georgia and their quarterback what's his what's the quarterback's name? Georgia's quarterback? Uh Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett with that for oh, opening series touchdown where like, he ran that ball just, just just refused to go down. I mean, that's just heart right there. Yeah. Just shows how much he wants and how much how much of a better player he is. And I mean when you top a team twenty four to six in in the first half, you you know that it's gonna be a good day. Yeah, it was it was total domination. That defense, I don't think we've ever seen them fly around as much as they have um, this year, at least, because that defense got a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They, I forget how many sacks they had, but they had at least it was over half of the amount of sacks that they had the entire year, just in that game alone. So it was it was a phenomenal performance from them. Yeah, I knew it was gonna be an interesting game because Tennessee came in as uh, arguably the best uh, offense in college football, and Georgia came in as arguably the best defense in college football. So I thought it was going to be interesting, and I mean they shut him down pretty much. And Bennett, he he just went off. He had a, one of the best games I'd seen him play. Uh, I say his best game this year. 
So where do you guys personally have Tennessee this year after that loss to Georgia? Does that change anything for you? Do you guys still think they're a top four team? Uh, I still I view Tennessee as a as a first one out. Like I view them as a number five in, in the picture right now because you just can't deny TCU. TCU's mm-hmm. been playing their just been playing their butts off, and they 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 look like a great team being undefeated this far in. I mean, Michigan obviously undefeated, Ohio State, two Big Ten powerhouses, and then there's Georgia, just absolutely dominant in a tier of their own at this, at like at this point of the season, they're just on their own level. What about you, Liam? You still have them top four? Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'd say top four. I'd probably put them at around six because wow. I I'd go Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, um, and then I I don't know. So projecting to that, like, last week, say Ohio State beats Michigan, Michigan falls out because they have that one loss, are you putting Tennessee up there? Yeah, I, I, I'd I, say I have to. But um, then if Ohio State loses, would you put Tennessee in? I think I so. I think you have to because yeah. Tennessee beat Bama, and I mean, Bama, obviously, speaking of Bama, they did lose to LSU this past weekend. Yeah, Arguably the game of the week, OT classic. That I mean, it was a tough loss. It was it, it, it was a great game overall. Yeah, I mean, I I just don't know how you how you come back from losing those two close games to Tennessee and LSU. It's just it's really really tough for that program right now. I I, I feel like the only way that they sneak into the college football playoffs is for ratings. I mean, the, the yeah. committee just like wanting the ratings yeah. and putting them in there, even though they don't really deserve it. Their name is still Alabama. And they still bring in all those ratings. So yeah, I mean that would be a terrible look on college football if they put them in there. I this is the earliest I've ever counted Alabama out of college playoffs personally. In my lifetime, I think I think same. I I also think it's like you were saying for ratings. I think it it might be good for ratings because like Alabama and the Georgias and the Clemsons <laughs> of the world have just dominated the college football playoff. Not so much Georgia, but mostly Clemson and Alabama have just really, really dominated college football playoffs. So yeah. this could be good. And, I mean, speaking of LSU versus Bama, that fan, have you guys seen that video on Twitter of the fans stealing the pylon? Oh, so Big Red. They, yeah, they win the game, and they all start swimming the field, and the fan just swoops the pylon and starts sprinting <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah, I, I, I found that video hilarious. I don't know why. Yeah. That's not as bad as the goalpost, though. The goalpost was <laughs> ten times worse. The goalpost yeah. was ten. The goalpost was crazy. But uh, do you guys think that that was like the game of the year? 100%. LSU versus Bama. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Yeah, easily games game of the year so far. LSU taking a risk in, in overtime to go for two mm-hmm. and just coming out with the win. I mean, you just can't ask for much better. That's a risky play by uh, Kelly, but it paid off. I mean, I, if you're in that position against Alabama, the best team in college football, like history. I'd say you go for it. You have to win that game. I was just I was thinking while I was watching that game. You know, in that huddle, that kid, uh, the tight end, he 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 yeah. gets that play called for him, and he oh, knows he knows he's the first read. It looked like he was honestly the only option, yeah. and and he's running that route, and you just can't. I can't imagine what he was thinking going out for that play. That and must like be you don't so want to give Br- Bryce Young the ball back in that in that situation. Yeah. You have to go for that. You I mean, because Bryce Young, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in Alabama history. Which, speaking of Bryce Young, you guys th- think he's done? Is he, is, is he going to opt out for the season after, after that loss? I, I would. I think I it's a smart thing to do. Yeah. There's a lot of money on the table. I just don't see how you can go back and play right now when you have nothing to gain from it. Yeah. And, yeah, he's like the clear-cut number one pick. I mean, I don't, I don't know who else would be picked over him. 
he's he, he's he's the clear cut as of right now. Why risk your future over nothing? I mean, yeah, I probably wouldn't play if I were him. He he yeah, he's the number one pick. There's really no point in risking getting hurt. I mean, best you can do is get a big bowl game as of right now. Yeah, and I mean, but it's also not just like feelingless, uh, emotionless guys that we're talking about because these guys are like ultimate competitors. I mean, they're on the biggest stage, one of the biggest stages. So it's hard for him to just opt out and just kind of give up right now. So I would understand if he does come back and play. Yeah, definitely a tough decision. Uh, so we spoke on TCU a little a, a few minutes ago. What are, guys, what are your guys' thoughts on them? Frauds, or are they, like, they're the real deal? They're I mean, legit. They're legit. They're definitely legit. Very legit. I mean, they have a big task this is coming up weekend on November 12th against Texas, number 18 in the country. I mean, that's I feel like that game right there can really show what they're made of. Because, I mean, Texas, with Quinn Ewers, I believe that they're, that they're a top 10 team. I mean, they haven't really shown it so far this year, but I think that they have the talent to be a very, a very talented team. Yeah, I mean – these next three teams that TCU has to go through are very, very talented. I mean, you have you got Texas, like you said, and then you go to uh, you got to have Baylor and Iowa State. So I just I, if they win out, they're in the college football playoff. But I really don't see how you can win all three of those games right now. But we'll see. Definitely a tough task. Yeah, I was looking at that as well. They're number four right now, so I ju- I just can't see them ending up undefeated and in the playoffs. I think. I think Oregon might actually the way they've been playing. Uh, I think they might find a way to sneak into the yeah. college playoffs. Mm-hmm. Oregon, Bo Nix. I mean, what is there not, not like not, not to like about them right now? Yeah, there's really nothing. I mean, I it's fun watching these teams. You know, not Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama. These little schools, TCU. I mean, they're not little, but it's fun watching them play and win. Yeah. They're not your typical schools that have been dominating, so it's really, really fun, like you said, to I watch mean, them. I mean, yeah, in Oregon, big week one loss to Georgia. I mean, what was it, 49-10, I'm pretty sure it was, something like that. Giant blowout. Huge blowout for week one versus Georgia. I mean, but they have bounced back. I mean, Bo Nix leading them, 73% completion, 2,500 yards, and 22 touchdowns. I mean, he's having a killer year. I'm thinking he's a top-10 draft pick. Yeah, he's very athletically talented. Yeah, and, and they beat uh, – they did beat the nine-seed UCLA. So I think that they – most of these big schools, they don't face uh, that big of schools. But looking at Oregon's schedule right now, I mean, they faced uh, Washington, Utah, UCLA, a bunch of these big teams. Uh, and they've they've rolled pretty much every one of them except, obviously, Georgia. Yeah, I think I think, honestly, that week one – may have just been like a fluke and they may have not been i mean you guys know like week one of any sport it's just kind of like you're trying to get everything going make sure everything's okay and obviously they weren't okay but they've bounced back tremendously so i'm really excited and i'm hoping they can sneak in because they are a really really good team yeah i mean speaking of sneaking in who's who's in i mean who do you guys have all right uh i'll go so my my college playoff prediction. Obviously, I'm gonna put um, I'm gonna put Georgia at number one. I I really I think Ohio State's gonna beat Michigan this year, so I'd keep them at two. Uh, I think Tennessee's gonna sneak in at three, be a first round exit, and I think I think Oregon will be the four, and uh, I think it'll be an Ohio State Georgia national championship. 
I mean, that's a good list. I mean, I'm the one thing I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with, I'm going to put TCU at three. I have TCU winning out. They are the real deal. I'm going to go Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, TCU 3, and give me uh, Oregon number th- at number 4. All right, so I know I may have said that TCU has a very slim shot at winning out here, but I really, really want them to win out because I think it would be great for college football. So I'm going to go Georgia 1, Ohio State's going to beat Michigan, so they're going to be at number 2. TCU, if they go undefeated in these last three weeks, I feel like should be at number 3. And then at number four, I'm just going to go Tennessee because they, they are going to lose the first round, though. But I, I mean, feel like they deserve it at this point. I mean, what are the odds that uh, LSU sneaks in there? I mean, Very they beat Georgia. Slow. Somehow they, they, they beat Georgia in the a- a- SEC championship or whatever, and they sneak in there. I mean, if they do beat Georgia, do it like – no. Are they in? No. If they they're beat not, Georgia, they're If they beat Georgia, they, they have to. I they mean, have two losses If right they now. went out and beat Georgia, they I think you have to put LSU in. No. I mean, they. I mean, you, you can't put Bama in. Bama's, yeah. Bama's gone. I mean, they beat Bama. You have to put LSU in, I think, if they beat Georgia. LSU, has, LSU has some bad losses. LSU I, has some bad losses. But I, th- I just – there's no disputing beating Georgia and Alabama. You have to put them in. Grant, they lost to Tennessee, one of the best teams – and although they did lose to a, a Florida State by one, if they beat Georgia and went out, you have to put them in. I don't think there's any question about it. I agree. All right, now switching over from college football to the pros, what about the Browns? Three and five right now, how do you feel about them? Browns, my team, I mean, they had a rough – I mean, what, what did they lose? Five, four straight? They four lost straight. four straight. Yep. They lost four straight. Um, I think that they still have what it takes to get in the playoffs. I mean – if you feed Nick Chubb the ball, you don't lose. That should be your entire game plan. You feed give Nick, Nick Chubb. Chubb the ball 20 times a game and you win. They have not lost while feeding Nick Chubb the ball 20 or more times. Yeah, you feed Nick Chubb the ball, and then after you do that about 20 times, you hit that play action, and then after that play action, you do it another 20 times, <laughs> and you win some games. I mean, I, mean I, I, I just have one thing to say. You guys are talking about giving Nick Chubb the ball. <laughs> I mean, yeah, hand from the rock. But uh, switching gears to the other side of the ball, defense. Denzel Ward is back. Big addition against his big uh, against his talented wide receiver core in the Dolphins uh, with uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. The Warden. He's about to get some picks. He's back and re- very much needed this week. Yes. Yeah. Granted, he's back. Martin Emerson. He he's he had a great game last week. He's been. He's been playing great all year. He has uh he's been he went from who I thought was gonna be like our fourth fourth uh cornerback to while Denzel was out, I, he was pretty much our number one um cornerback. Granted he has he has no interceptions, uh he does have one sack and thirty six tackles. If you're Joe Woods, do you put Emerson o- over Newsom? On the other side of the field? Against Waddle? Against Waddle. I mean, do you put Martin Emerson Jr. over Greg Newsom? I personally wouldn't. You don't yeah, do that? I no. think it's too much of a risk. I think it is, too. He's. He, I mean, he is young, but yeah. he has been performing. I mean, some big plays these I, past couple of weeks. Greg Newsom just has, I mean, yeah, what he has another year of experience. Yeah. So I'm taking that any day. Um, 
because one year of experience in the NFL is just it's so critical because guys don't last very long in the NFL. So if you can get a whole year advantage, um, he's seen a lot more. I, I would just trust him more. And then Nick Chubb, the uh, second rusher in the league, s- s- second most rushing yards, a little a little bit behind Derrick Henry, um, which is surprising. I just saw that stat today. Derrick Henry passed him. He's at like 870 yards, and Chubb is at 841. You see Derrick Henry's post-game interview where he said Nick yeah. Chubb was the best running back in the league? He did. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's Derrick Henry just being humble or if he sees something. But, but I mean, I, as I of right agree. now, Derrick, Hen- Derrick Henry does have more yards, but Whoa. Wyatt Teller is returning. Yeah, Wyatt Teller is a, a beast. That's, that's huge. He, that's I, huge for Chubb. I'd I say mean, he's our best lineman. Yeah, he is. Easily. Pro Bowl lineman. Easily. I mean, we're, we're getting two Pro Bowlers back this week in Wyatt Teller and, and Denzel Ward. That's huge for the Browns, yeah. especially against a very good Dolphins team. We had a lot of people out last week, and we still pulled it out. That was that was the best I've seen our team play all year. Defense was – it was a great game. What was it, shutout, like, all the way through yeah, halftime? Yeah, it, it was a great game. Yeah. Another thing I just saw, uh, granted, Henry has 870 yards, and Nick Chubb only has uh, – not only, but has 841. Derrick Henry has 183 rushing attempts, while Nick Chubb only has 149. And uh, Nick Chubb's averaging 5.6 yards, while Henry's averaging 4.8. So, I mean, if they give him the ball more, I'm sure he'd, he'd uh, have much more yards than Henry. Can you see break tackles on there? Yeah, uh, Derrick Henry only has 21 uh, broken tackles. And Nick Chubb has 32 on the season. Yeah, there you go. No other player in the league has uh, more than Henry, so there's a big gap between the two of them. And I mean, the fact that Nick Chubb has only had the ball in his hands 141 times, I mean, like, if you were Kevin Stefanski, how do you still have a job? I don't know. It's it's honestly unbelievable to me because – Every coach that we've had seems competent. I heard this on the radio the other day. They they seem competent when they're at another job, and then they come over here, and for some reason, it must be like the, the Cleveland curse, or maybe we have something going wrong in our front offices, but we just we turn those competent coaches into coaches that have no idea what they're doing. It's crazy. Yeah, there have been talks, uh, you know, from Browns fans, some Browns, uh, you know, key key people who report on the Browns saying, do you guys think uh, we should make a play calling change on the offensive side? I mean, that's that's one of the big questions right now. Should we give it to our offensive coordinator instead of Kevin Stefanski? And I don't think he's been terrible, but no, he know. no, he's been bad. I mean, these play calls these these past these first eight weeks have just been horrendous. It's interesting. Give Nick Chubb the ball. That's all I gotta say. Oh, also, what about Joe Woods? What, why why is why Joe Woods still calling job? plays? I mean, well, Joe Joe Woods had one good game, but other than that, like, why did he decide to just show up last game and, and yeah. play call good? And I mean, they dressed I'm glad up. He did, but like, why is that not every game? Why is he not yeah. showing up calling plays right every single game? Because they were they were dressing up as an NFL defense for Halloween. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, um, random facts, Kevin Stefanski is 11-0 against teams named after animals that cannot fly. <laughs> what? What kind of stat is that? Eleven and zero against teams named after animals that cannot fly. So I mean, the Bengals, the Bears. What are the Steelers? 
They're, 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 they're like steel workers, right? Yeah. I mean, they're not they're, animals. They're not so, an like, so, like, so how, how does Kevin Stefanski fare against non-animal teams? I, I mean, I... I, <laughs> I haven't really looked he that far into it, but I know against, like, the panthers and birds who or animals that cannot fly, he has not lost. Who, who is that? Just bears, Bengals, Panthers? I uh, hope we wouldn't lose to the Bears. Man, those Falcons get us every time. Uh, yeah, we can't, we can't, we can't get the fal- Falcons. Um... <laughs> Bengals, Bears, Panthers, who? Well, let's talk about animals that can fly. The 9-0 and o Eagles. There you go. Wow. Jalen Hurts, and I got to bring up Jason Kelsey because I, I love the Kelseys. I love their podcast. I love their podcast, too. Cleveland born. Yeah, Parma, I believe, right? Yeah. Something like that. And, uh, those, I mean, Jalen Hurts is a fancy football legend right now. He keeps putting up astronomical numbers on fantasy, so wish yeah. I could have him. I'm trying to get him. I've been sending trades the whole year trying to get him. I mean, 68% uh, percent of his passes are complete, you know, 2,000 yards, 12 touchdowns, two interceptions, and on average a uh, 100.78 passer rating. That That's ridiculous. Yeah, well, I mean, he's playing great right now, but someone who is not playing so great, who we've seen play great – in years past is Aaron Rodgers. Wow. He played terribly against the Detroit Lions, and the Detroit Lions are not a good team, and Rodgers continues to blame it on his teammates when video after video is coming out where he has wide-open receivers downfield, and he's just throwing his arms up and complaining. Yeah, he lost to Vontae, and now he thinks he can just blame it on his wide receivers, Lazard, and uh, Lazard hasn't been playing terrible. It's, it's been Rodgers. And, I mean, can we talk about the seven – that he's thrown it's yeah i mean he's on pace for to, to throw way more than his normal than like his like ever like like he's on pace to throw more picks than ever he he was in uh who was the mvp last year he was yeah back-to-back mvp yeah. and i mean aaron, he's just falling apart aaron Rodgers is not the type of leader i would have on my team he just he doesn't seem like a good guy he goes on the pat mcafee show and just roasts his teammates all day it's unbelievable so, I don't know. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, his former teammate Devontae Adams coming in at number five on the Erickson's top five wide wide receivers list. What yeah. are you guys' thoughts on, on that list? I thought it I th- I thought it was a great list. Um, they had Hill at one, which I I thought was just obvious. He's been playing tremendous with uh, two. Uh, let me read the list. They have Hill at one, Cup at two, DeAndre Hopkins at three, Justin Jefferson at four, and Devontae Adams at five. My question, where's Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper is an absolute beast. <laughs> yeah, he, he's been playing great. But you, uh, I, seeing DeAndre Hopkins up there, I don't know how he's done it with um, gamer boy Kyler Murray at his at quarterback. He's been playing yeah. terrible. I, I'm, I'm very surprised as well because the new Call of Duty came out <laughs> a little while ago, and Kyler seems to have gotten distracted once again. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he's played three games so far this season because of the steroids. Yeah. But uh, he's had three pretty good games. I mean, one huge game on, in fantasy football. 15 points week uh, against New Orleans week seven. Uh, 27.9 points week eight at Minnesota. And then he had 11.6 last week for Seattle. Yeah. Uh, he could be a really, really good uh, receiver in fantasy football. But he's just got to stay consistent because right now I'm not seeing that consistency out of him. He also has to stay clean. He does. He does. 
And uh, speaking of fantasy football, Joe Mixon, 55 points last week. I'm pretty sure that's the second most of all time, or is that the yeah, most? It's the second most. Uh, Jamal Charles currently has the lead in uh, PPR for fantasy football, and he had 59 and a half points. So he was very, very close. Wow. Yeah, he played great. And you know who I love to see him shut out? Baker Mayfield. They absolutely killed the Panthers. They let them back in at the end a little bit. I believe the final score was 42 to 21. But I mean, the first at the end of the first uh, half, it was 35 nothing, I believe. So they just absolutely rolled them. And I mean, like like they say, we can't be Browns fans without talking about Baker Mayfield coming back from in, from injury, getting rolled. I mean, PJ Walker should be their starter. Yeah, he 100%. should not be starting quarterback. I you saw that pass to uh, DJ Moore. I mean, that was the best pass of the season so far out of out of everyone. Yeah, and I'm a little biased because I have DJ Moore on my fantasy team, but man, Baker Mayfield just he doesn't have the same opportunity for those explosive plays. I feel like, and honestly, I've seen enough from Baker Mayfield. He's been in the league too long. The only system he ever thrived under was the Browns that one year, and that's only because everything was opened up by that Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt backfield duo with those play action boots. So you I know really he don't he, see it. he had a great rookie year. I mean, what was the almost off in the rookie of the year right behind yeah. Saquon Barkley? Yeah. So, so, yes, Saquon Barkley won it that year. He the Bailey should have won it because he broke the p- passing touchdowns record that year, but then it was broken again by um, who broke someone broke it again in recent years. I don't know who it was, but he had a great rookie year. But then they got they I'll got some, they, they got, got got some film on him, and he just hasn't really lived up to that first rookie year that everyone was so excited and so hyped about. Jason, hence, hence why the Browns got rid of him and traded him. Though. Jason, like you said, I I think I've seen enough of him. I mean, his uh, time left to prove himself. I think it's it's coming to an end after this year. I don't think I don't think he. I don't think he's uh, made for the NFL. Yeah, and um, I don't know, not to pile on poor Baker Mayfield anymore, but I saw a video of him on Instagram where he was playing scout team D-line. So if that's yeah, what I it's come that. to. Um, yeah. I, mean, wow. I do have the the stats on the rookie touchdown record, though, and it's Justin Herbert. That's who, who, el- who Herbert else broke it after uh, Mayfield broke it. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a great quarterback. I think Herbert is one of the most promising young quarterbacks we have. In yeah, the NFL he may right be now. promising, but the Chargers team, the Chargers aren't looking uh, too promising this year with a um, – uh, they did – they beat the Browns, but they barely beat them by two. They have a 5-3 and three record, so they're not playing great with uh, – they, they may – they're not playing as well as I thought they'd be. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, Herbert, is he a MVP candidate? No, mm-hmm. but he has I, – I, like, I really, really like Justin Herbert because he's, he's smart, he's athletic, he's tall, he's got a cannon, but mm-hmm. that Chargers team that he has with him right now is just not executing him. And so. he has the, the like, tools to be an MVP player. Yeah. But he's just, he's just not there this season. And speaking of MVP, who are you guys' top three right now? Go. Number one, I want Gino. Gino's my number one. Gino, that's it. On. That's it. Come Gino, on. come on. Let's Gino Smith. I mean, he's he's definitely playing. Gino Smith is playing out of his mind so far this season. But like a realistic top three, Liam. Yeah. Who do you have? Uh, it, Gino's playing great, but he's not playing MVP. He's just playing better than what people thought he'd play. You know, 
they they wrote him off. Some would say, and some would say he didn't write back. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Josh Allen, if he he did lose to the Jets twenty seventeen, and he does have an injury. Um, his elbow is messed up. Uh, right now he's day to day. It's kind of up in the air. Everything about that injury. They're saying it's day to day. They saying it might be serious. So nobody really knows what's going on there. But I think if he's healthy, he's my front runner. I'd say. All right. Yeah. I mean, my top three. Give me Jalen Hurts at three. I mean, everyone. Nobody really uh, believes in Jalen Hurts as a as, as a quarterback, like long term in the league, because of how much he runs the ball and the read option that Philadelphia runs. But this year he's playing out of his mind, and I think it's just disrespectful to not give him that at least top three in MVP talk. Yeah. And then I'm going to put uh, Patrick Mahomes at number two. He's okay. just nuts. So I have a, I have an interesting question. So the MVP has sort of turned into a quarterback um, award, yeah. and I feel like there are a lot of other guys that just don't get recognized who should be recognized for MVP. So non-quarterback who's your MVP right now? Stefan Diggs. I'd say Stefan Diggs as of right now. He's playing I, – I hate to go back. I mean, obviously, I, I, I could be biased and say Nick Chubb because I just – I love him. But, I mean, 857 yards, already almost at 1,000, 60 receptions, seven touchdowns. He, he's playing great so far. Uh, I don't think there's a better – Tyreek Hills, he may be playing better – uh, statistically speaking, but I don't think there's a better wide receiver in the league right now. And uh, yeah, speaking of Tyreek Hill, he he wouldn't be my MVP if it was if it was a non-quarterback thing. I mean, he has a thousand yard, uh, one thousand one hundred yards through week nine. I think yeah, through week nine, he's a- he's averaging five yards a carry. I mean, he's just playing out of his mind. He's got three touchdowns, sixty-four long, and. Wait, no, I'm sorry. Not five yards of carry. 15 yards of carry. Yeah. That's a big difference. He would he would be my MVP frontrunner if it wasn't a quarterback thing. So my MVP, who's not a quarterback, is actually going to be A.J. Brown. Also on the Eagles. And he... Uh, in fantasy. Yeah, he, get, he he's, he's a beast in fantasy. Oh. He gets thrown the ball by Jalen Hurts, who's another one of the quarterback MVPs. Or the actual MVP. Um, front runners, and AJ Brown is just a touchdown catching machine. Dude has six touchdowns thus far in the season. He's got 718 yards, and he averages 16.7 uh, yards per catch. So he's, he's a beast. He is a beast. But to finish up my actual list, I'm gonna go Jalen Hurts three sleeper, two Patrick Mahomes, and number one Josh Allen. I mean, he despite the 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 poor performance he had against the Jets, he's he is still the best quarterback in like in the National Football League in my I, opinion. I disagree. I think it's Patrick Mahomes hundred percent. I think Patrick yeah. Mahomes is in a I think Pat Mahomes is in a tier of his own. Josh Allen, he's a good quarterback, but I think Patrick Mahomes is just a step above everyone else. The stuff that he does that we just think is normal at this point is insane. Yeah, there was a lot of questions coming into this year after they traded away Hill. Was it Hill producing that whole uh Chiefs offense and Mahomes have proved them wrong. Uh, although Kelsey's playing great, he, you know I, I love the Kelseys like I said earlier, but um, 
they have a great I they have a great offense, but I don't think I'm I see them making it past the AFC championship. You know, speaking of Pat Patrick, Patrick Mahomes and the Kelseys, uh, Travis Kelsey, seven touchdowns, averaging 11 yards per reception and almost 700 yards. I mean, for a tight end in the NFL, that is, I mean, you can't get any better. I'm yeah. going to say right now, he's the greatest tight end of all time. I'm going to have to agree. I mean, I think he is better than Prime Gronk. I, I, just, I just don't think that there's any, anything I get, like, yeah. There's no, there's no, nobody better. He's there's more athletic. Isn't. Yeah, there's just nobody better. Yeah. He also has a better quarterback throwing to him. Also, also <laughs> true. You, you, whoa, whoa! You really think uh, Patrick wait. Mahomes is better than Tom Brady? Athletically, yeah. Wait, yeah. Oh, wait, athletically, wait. yeah. I don't even think I comprehend what you said there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think honestly, Patrick Mahomes actually might be more skilled than Tom Brady. He might. Tom Brady's a winner. He, he Tom might be Brady skilled. Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. Tom Brady gets, gets the job done, and he's the greatest of all time. But Patrick Mahomes is a more skilled quarterback, and therefore I would rather have him throwing to me than Tom Brady. Yeah, we, we've never seen anything like Patrick Mahomes. Like, never. This is just yeah. never. insanity. I mean, he, he's a mix between Mike Vick and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought Tom Brady was going to play great this year. I thought he was going to you know, have his breakup with Giselle. You know, turn one on and some zero since the divorce. One and zero since the divorce. Yeah, maybe it, w- maybe it was legal divorce. Legal, yeah, 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 legal divorce. But yeah. since they started falling apart, I thought he was gonna, you know, turn some young boy on and just start winning every single game and win the Super Bowl. Although it, now it's looking like they, they're on the cusp of making the playoffs. As of right now, they're in though. They are still leading their division. I'm pretty sure. I think that, but Tom uh, Brady should just retire. I think. I think it's it, time it, is over. Yeah. It might be time. He's done uh, reigning over the, over the NFL. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know how you continue to put your body through that much stress at that age. Which I mean, props to him, but with such little injuries that he's had, I yeah. mean, has he ever had like a big injury? I mean, I think he tore his ACL like one of his first years in the NFL. But yeah. since that, like, or so tore his ACL that first years in the NFL. But since then, I mean, I can't remember him being out for more than a game. With injury, I think it has to do also with like the the refs protecting him with those True. with those hits, especially in recent years. It's just gotten which a lot, is, more. which is a big thing this year in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, lots to talk about. It. They're calling a lot, some game changing calls, game changing calls that are very controversial, and fans are not happy about it. No. The, the thing least. is, I wouldn't be too angry if they were consistent. They're not consistent with these calls at all. I mean, the one against uh, Tom Brady was it. Like, prime time, he was facing the Chiefs, I believe, was it? Something like that. They wrapped him around, and th- there was a... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a call ch- completely changed the game, and then it, it, they're just not consistent. It really bothers me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Tom... But, to say the least, Tom Brady is still the GOAT. I mean, you just can't... I mean, there's nothing anyone can say that denies that. Yeah. It, Tom yeah. Brady, then Peyton Manning. Yeah, fair enough. Tom Brady. Tom Brady's one of the greatest winners in the history of sports. But yeah, one one thing we haven't touched on yet: winning the NFC East. Wow. Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders. I mean, Eagles eight and zero, Cowboys six and two, Giants six and two, and the Commanders are four and five. But this this uh, this was one of the worst divisions last year, and now they're the best division by far. Yeah, I, I, 
personally, I don't know about anybody else, but I did not see that coming out of the out of the East over there. I mean, honestly. honestly, I think that the Giants they are one receiver away from being a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. I mean, they are a great football team, especially with Saquon Barkley back mm-hmm. and better than ever. If 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 they had one piece, like they went out and got a Cooper Cup, like, like the Browns did. I mean, they could be Super Bowl contenders. I don't know why. Amari Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> My fault. Amari Cooper, like, like, like the Browns did. I mean, they could be Super Bowl contenders. I mean, I don't know why they didn't go out and trade for a wide receiver at deadline. Yeah, I I thought that, that would have been a good. That could have been. I mean, that could be season changing. What do they have? Kenny Galladay, but he's been hurt all season. Yeah, he he's pretty injured. In and out, and he hasn't been doing anything. Who's their Who's their main guy? I mean, they don't really have anyone over there. I'll I'll tell you who I do. I love their coach Brian uh, Dable. Yeah. He, he's just he's just like he's just a normal guy, just coaching football. He loves loves a fan. I saw a video of him just uh, going and. Uh, giving fans autographs, and he's just smoking a cigar, just having fun with it. So I like him a lot. Talk about normal guys coaching. What about uh, Jeff Saturday for the Colts? New head coaching hire after firing Frank Reich. (laughs) Former player, hasn't coached past the high school level apparently. How does that happen? I think they're just putting him in as more of like a locker room manager type of guy, and he's just going to be dishing out like the roles to everybody else. This is kind of a throwaway year for the Colts, and I think owner Jim Irsay was just looking to. You think he's just a placeholder coach till next 100%, year? hundred percent, hundred percent. He just doesn't have the experience. I mean, hey, if he does a good job, he might get to keep the job, but I think he's a placeholder. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's. I thought the Colts were going to be big time contenders yeah. in the AFC this year with Jonathan Taylor coming off such a monstrous season. I mean, he's been where has he been all season? And I just think Matt Ryan just isn't their guy. They thought that they thought that they found their guy o- over Carson Wentz and mm-hmm. Matt Ryan that he was going to get the job done, be a game manager for them. But he just he just can't seem to get it done. Um, I'm excited to see Sam Ellinger some more because I think he could be good if you give him enough reps. Yeah, I think it might be time for Matty Ice to hang up the cleats. A quarterback we haven't talked about, Kirk Cousins. Oh yeah. Otherwise, no, otherwise known as Kirk. Thuggins. <laughs> I mean, the videos of this guy that are coming out of him on the plane, you know, 10 chains on, shirt off, absolutely shredded. I did not know that he he was shredded like that. Kirk Cousins is I I thought he was a game manager, but I mean, some people have even talked about him as an MVP candidate, which I think is a bit far-fetched, but he's definitely a lot better than I thought he was. Okay. And now I might sound like a hater, but Kirk Cousins gets the job done. I mean, if you have the pieces like Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, I mean, you can't, like, I mean, you have to be. I mean, that that team can't be bad with, with those pieces. And Dalvin Cook, I mean, he's not he's not a star. Everyone's going out there far-fetched saying how he's, super, like, Super Bowl-like like well, quarterback. He, he's, he's not. He's not. I think he has one legit receiver in Justin Jefferson. I think Adam Thielen is yeah. really, really old. <clears throat> and I think that that one receiver in Justin Jefferson, obviously, like like every quarterback's got to have one. I think Kirk Cousins is legit. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I think he's legit. I I I don't agree with the Adam Thielen being old and washed up. I like him a lot, but I mean, granted, he has thrown. I believe he's thrown six yeah, interceptions. Six interceptions. This year. I mean, I'm l- looking at the stats right here. He's got two thousand yards, 
64% completion rate, 13 touchdowns and six interceptions. I mean, he just he just gets the job done with with, with his weapons. He's not a star. I don't I don't view him as anywhere near an MVP caliber player. I just I just think that he is the right fit for Minnesota though, like right now in their yeah. offense. Yeah, I mean, even if that is the case, which it very well could be, I think that that's really really good for Minnesota because, man, they're playing out of their minds this year, and I think that they're Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, last year Dalvin Cook he was seen as possibly the best running back in the NFL, and he just I don't. Granted, the Vikings are doing great. He hasn't been doing great. Only 608 yards, five touchdowns. He is more of a receiving back. He's had uh, 19 receptions. But talk about receiving backs. Let's talk about Austin Eckler. Oh, yeah. He's oh, ridiculous. Fantasy, fantasy running back. Yeah, that's my guy in fantasy. Um, He's just – I he just been carrying that Chargers team. Without him, they, they are nowhere right now. He started off really, really slow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's really he's picked it up. He's number one in fantasy right now. And um I I don't know. He he is carrying them right now though. I mean, he's got six rushing touchdowns and four pat re- re- receiving touchdowns. Yeah. With with a combined eight hundred yards. I mean, he's just he is that guy with sixty receptions. They they find a way to get him the ball. Yeah, and then those PPR leagues, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, he has this eight. How many yards does he have in total? He has uh, eight hundred and nine. Eight hundred wow. yards. So he wow. almost has as much receiving yards as he does rushing. He has, I want to say, twenty, twenty less, something like that. It's uh, yeah, forty six less receiving yeah. yards. And, uh, he just manufactures offense. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike Williams on that Chargers. He, he's been playing off pretty well this year as well. Yeah, I mean, we have been going crazy on the NFL, but we do need to switch gears. One. The NBA. Our Cleveland Cavaliers, number two in the Eastern Conference, uh, eight and two. Number two in the NBA, I'd say, behind the Bucks. Really? You don't think that, that the Jazz are number two, in, or number, at least number two? You know why the Jazz aren't number two? They lost Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. 31 points a game. He is a MVP front runner. He is a dog. Now, Jason, <laughs> you've been uh, talking about someone else for MVP. Who, who's your guy this year? Yeah, Luka Doncic is my guy. Um, he's been single-handedly carrying that Mavs team. He's putting up 36 points a game. Wow. Yeah, he's shooting... Over fifty percent from the field, and he's just a he's a force to be reckoned with right now. I mean, yeah, that team is good, especially with Luca on it. And but uh, the Eastern Conference, the Bucks, they are looking unstoppable. Until that game with the Hawks, I was convinced that they were gonna beat the Warriors' record. Yeah, I, I mean, mean they still can, but I mean they still can, but like well, before that game, the, it was like. It was like seventy-one and nine. I'm pretty yeah, sure, something like that. It was seventy-one and nine. And I, before that game, I was I, I was genuinely thinking that this Bucks team had what it takes to top that record, and to just win it all. Yeah, I I think they're still. I think it'll be. I want to see a Cavs Bucks, uh, Eastern. And honestly, Eastern I think that I, I think that, that that can happen. I mean, the Cavs have all the pieces to be great. 
And same with the Bucks. Chris Milton, Giannis, I mean, they, Drew Holiday. Yeah. They I, are great. I heard Giannis. I heard Giannis is a pretty good player. He, he's pretty he's pretty nice. I mean, he's all he's been nice in all of his years in the NBA. Uh Giannis, you can never deny him the fact that he is an MVP caliber player. Yeah, I, the Cavs beat the Celtics the uh twice. They beat him twice. They beat him twice. Yeah. They uh so and they're number three in the Eastern and once Conference. Without so Garland, right? They beat him without Garland. Yeah, once, right? Yeah, because he, he had the eye. Um, yeah. I mean, this Cavs team's legit because they had the pieces to to pick it up for whoever is down for a game or whatever. But uh, off the great note of how good the Cavs and Bucks are playing, how about the Lakers? <laughs> Two mean, and eight. Th- that that's my reaction. They're laugh. They're laughable. Can, can we please look up how much they're paying Westbrook? Hey, he's playing better <laughs> off the bench now. He's on, I mean, he's playing better. I I think he was a bit of a scapegoat. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, he is. The bench. Poor Russell Westbrook. Let's be honest. How much is he making? Let's 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 look and see because I, hey, he. I saw a TikTok the other day uh-huh. that showed how the Lakers start making comebacks when Russell Wilson comes off the bench. Russell Westbrook. So, Russell Wilson. Ru- <laughs> Mr. Unlimited. Uh, <laughs> when Russell Westbrook comes off the bench. So, honestly, I don't think he's the problem. Are you paying $47 million yeah. a year to, to a bench player, though? No, but they thought he was something different when they got him. So. Yeah, exactly. he's in so the contract. He's, he's the problem. I mean, they couldn't go out and get these big pieces because they're paying him. Forty-seven point zero six million a year. I mean, and for him to be putting up ho- horrible numbers, I just I have a lot to say about Westbrook, and I do not like him at all. I think he is everything that's wrong in LA, and they need to trade him away. I'll tell you what. What are you gonna tell me, Liam? He's LeBron's washed. LeBron's LeBron, not washed. LeBron's officially washed. I'd say. Granted, he's putting up twenty-four points a game. Exactly. But but that's that's. It's LeBron. I mean, Westbrook's putting up 15 points. He's slightly less great. Yeah, all right. He's yeah. slightly less great. He's not washed. I just think I just think he's mellowed out. I I don't think his that that competitive edge is there that, that he had yeah. back in Cleveland. It's not there. It's the same do with Conor McGregor. Do you guys do you guys They think don't feel the need to win. Do you think he's just like yeah, he's like one too much? No, no, no. I still think that he wants to win, but I don't think that, that, that that's all that he thinks about like I think he cares more about his family, his, his his kids. I think he just like has bigger things to worry about than basketball right now. Yeah. And I don't think that he cares enough to to go out there and try his and give it his absolute all every single game to to get that win like he used to back in Cleveland. Let me ask you a question. Do you think he's the greatest of all time? No. Jason? No. So why do you think that LeBron is still playing now? Even if he has other things to worry about, it's clearly not about the money. He's got m- way more money from endorsements. First billionaire and yeah. NBA player ever. Right, he's got enough money. Do you think he want Brownie? Brownie, that's Bron- what I was yeah. gonna say. It's the, I mean, that's the only that's the only reasonable explanation. I mean, he's proved himself. I don't think that there's anything that he can do right now to pass Jordan in all time. But think I think he wants to play with Jordan. You think Brownie's? I mean, with Brownie. You think Brownie's getting into the NBA? Yeah, he has to he has because of his he's name. LeBron's kid. Because of his name, he will be in the NBA. And actually, he's his preseason highlights so far this season. He is balling. He started I've been, playing much ever more. since uh, a Marley Bailey, uh, a Mari Bailey left uh, Sierra Canyon to go to go to UCLA this past year. He's been getting the ball a lot more, and he is that he is their guy. And I mean, he's just 
he's he's been balling out. There's not much else you can say about it. And uh, I think that he's going to go to Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like he's leaning. He's going to go to Ohio State. Yeah. And one and done. I don't think he's going to be a lottery pick, but I think no. he'll be a first round one and done. I think he'll be like 20, 25. Yeah, he'll be a first 25. rounder. And Le- LeBron James' contract just so happens to shape up so that mm-hmm. he can yep. be with Bronny wherever he lands. LeBron is definitely a smart guy. He he for sure planned that out. That's all oh, he yeah. wants. So would would he go uh, one and done for their I uh, mean he has to contracts to line up. He has to because LeBron James is unless LeBron James took took a gap year and or like t- took a year off. He signed a one year deal. Yeah, I mean who knows, but Bronny and LeBron are going to play together in the NBA. That is the only reason why LeBron is still in the NBA. All right. Has there ever been a, a father-son duo to play together in the NBA? Oh. I, I, don't I don't think there has. I, d- I don't. I mean, I think that there's been a coach, uh, coach-son duo, hasn't there? Rivers. Yeah, yeah th- Rivers yeah, yeah. and there, uh, There's been a coach-son duo, but I don't think there's ever been a father-son playing together. It's going to be a uh, – no one like baseball with Ken Griffey Jr., Ken Griffey Sr. That was something to watch. Yeah. Not that I watched it, but <laughs> I've seen it back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, going, like, looping back to the Cavaliers, Don- Donovan Mitchell, the Utah Jazz, 9-3 and three without Mitchell. Are they better off without him? No. No. They're not? Mm-hmm. You Could don't you imagine think if they, they had, had him? I mean, everyone thought that they were in a rebuilding year, trading away Gobert and, and Mitchell, but they are the best team in the Western Conference and it does not look, look like they are slowing down at all. Yeah. I um, I think they're the only team in the Western Conference that has a chance at uh, winning the championship. I don't think anybody can beat the Bucks or hopefully the Cavs. It's very early on in the season still, so never, never count the the Dubs out. Mm-hmm. Never We've count too much. the Dubs out. Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, never count them out. I mean, literally. All it takes is one game, and that in their their switch just flicks, and it's just it's over. I mean, it, yeah, I've never seen anything like it. But the Cavs are fun to watch. Like, I usually don't watch NBA, but there's just something about this team. Like, they just click together. Like, the ball movement. They they they're a team. Like, it's it's so much fun. Yeah, and they are gonna be fun to watch this season and its upcoming weeks. And uh, we are actually gonna be dropping every single Friday night. Every Friday night, we will have a new episode of Warriors Talk Sports, and I hope you guys stick around and uh, follow us. Yo, make sure to tune in. We're talking lots of pro sports, college sports, and then whatever we'll be covering for uh, high school, but high school hasn't really started up yet, so once they do start yeah, we're up... We're in a gap period right now, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was a fun episode, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you.